the beauty of gardening is kind of how nature takes over. And if you do it a certain way, like the garden will essentially take care of itself. Like you just plant it and you just watch the show, you know? And with planting native plants, that is a really big factor in helping all of that happen. Hello, thank you so much for checking out Earth Care, the interview series that's dedicated to understanding the ways we can care for the earth and each other. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and I'm on a mission to make climate change an approachable and not so overwhelming conversation for everyone. On this podcast, we meet climate heroes, activists, experts, entrepreneurs, and get their take on how we can help save the planet. And during this episode, we're learning how to do that at home, playing in the garden. In 2020, Brian Berganti and his partner Dominic moved from New York City to Tennessee to create what Brian describes as a more sustainable life. There, they started building Red Leaf Ranch. They began reconnecting to Mother Nature. And if you follow Brian or Red Leaf Ranch on social media, you know they've been taking us along for the ride. Red Leaf Ranch on TikTok alone is connected with over 2 million followers and is absolutely full of all these videos that teach us to appreciate nature, appreciate what we have. You know, they encourage us to get out in the garden, get our hands and fingernails dirty and take sustainable action for a better planet. We're about a month away from spring. So gardening and seedling season, that might be on the mind, especially in Southwestern Ontario. Now I'm hesitant to sound like I'm celebrating the warmer temperatures that we've been seeing in Southwestern Ontario in any way. But just this past weekend, I spent some time playing in the garden. I was out there adding all the fallen leaves into the soil, trying to get the nutrients back in there, making sure it's healthy so we can start adding plants in there. But a term that comes up so often when we talk about gardening is native gardening and how that has a ton of environmental benefits. Now, as someone who got into gardening just a few years ago, I really had no idea just how beneficial that strategy was. It uses less water. It benefits local wildlife. It keeps nutrients in the soil. But how? Well, I called in an expert. Before you and I start mapping out our gardens for the 2023 season, let's hear from Brian Briganti on why we should consider growing plants that are native to our area and all the sustainable benefits that are paired with that strategy. Here it is, my Earth Care conversation with Brian Briganti of Red Leaf Ranch. Can we start with just a backstory of Red Leaf Ranch? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and sharing my story. Um, well, I moved to Tennessee only like three years ago. Um, I actually grew up in Chicago. I lived in San Francisco and I've lived in New York. So the big city is really everything I've ever known. Um, but I had an opportunity a few years ago to experience country life. And once I got a taste, <laughs> it got harder and harder and harder for me to leave. So after about a year of traveling back and forth between New York City and Tennessee, I finally decided to make the move. Um, not really with a plan. Um, I had access to this beautiful countryscape, um, but really I just wanted to get away from the hustle and bustle of city life because it was just like very overwhelming. I was pursuing a career uh, um, in photography at the time and just like the constant need to like go, go, go to make ends meet. I just, I needed something more sustainable inside you know and when I moved here the plan was to pursue photography in New York still but like travel there then come back here so that I would have the peace of mind and that nice work-life balance and then the pandemic hit and I wasn't able to do that anymore so I had all this time on my hands all of a sudden and 
my partner who lives here with me as well, he's an amazing gardener, like incredible, incredible master gardener. He's been doing it for like most of his life, but he focuses more on like perennials and landscaping and ornamental gardens. Um, so I thought, you know, this might be a good time for me to learn how to garden, but more specifically grow food because of the uncertainty of what the pandemic was bringing. Like we didn't know where our food supply was gonna come in the next few months. It's a great time to really like lock that down and make sure we have that food security. So we started a garden and I haven't looked back. <laughs> Saying you, you mentioned you wanted to pursue something sustainable on the inside. I think that is so beautifully said because it just, it's in such alignment with, you know, everything you share and um, communicate with us now. I feel like we could chat about your garden forever, but why I specifically originally reached out to you was about native gardening, because I think as you get into the realm of sustainability, it's a term that comes up quite often. But you know, if you don't know what it even means, then how is it going to help you? So can you break down even, you know, the basics of what is gardening with native plants? Yeah, of course. You know, the beauty of gardening is kind of how nature takes over. And if you do it a certain way, like the garden will essentially take care of itself. Like you just plant it and you just watch the show, you know? And with planting native plants, that is a really big factor in helping all of that happen. Um, especially when it comes to planting like native flowers and native trees, like that's gonna attract a world of native pollinators that will in turn help your garden. It'll um, introduce native predatory insects that'll help like manage pests. It'll help attract native birds and little critters that help manage any other bugs that get out of hand. Like you create an ecosystem when you plant these native plants. The more of them that you plant, the less work you're gonna have to do. Um, and the more of that biodiverse ecosystem you're gonna be able to develop because of it. Wow, interesting. You never really think about that because you just think, oh, pollinators, I'm going to bring the bees in. But like, there are critters specific to this area that we have to be looking out for, you know, to be one with the land. Um, kind of what I mentioned there of how often it comes up when we're learning about sustainability. I wanted to kind of give some examples of where someone might come across this terminology. So, you know, next time they see it, they're like, oh, okay, I know what I'm, what, I know what they're trying to communicate here. So one of them is come gardening season, there's always talk about uh, transforming your lawn with native plants. Can you, can you talk about what that might look like for someone and you know the benefits there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first do your research because native plants vary from place to place, but you never want to go with just a grass lawn. That's, it's not going to, I mean, it serves you just like the maintenance of it. But at the end of the day, I think it's so important that we come back to supporting the ecosystems that we're in, especially like, you know, places that have lawns. Usually we've come in and developed in an area and we've kind of taken over the wildlife's home, you know, and I feel like with that comes a, a responsibility to not like push them out, but work in harmony with them and live with them rather than try to push them out. Um, so yeah, go ahead plant your native plants. I would definitely recommend planting maybe a variety of like, you know, flowers and native grasses. There are native grasses for the grass folk, um, native grasses, native flowers, native shrubs, native trees, like build that like hierarchy of plants. So you're able to invite uh, a wider variety of plants into your space. Um, and that can happen in a few ways. Like there are very easy ways, like sprinkle native seeds. You can get starts, plant those in. Um, it's really up to you and what you want your, your, your lawn to look like. And the beauty of native plants is 
they're actually much easier to cultivate, they're much easier to establish, they're much easier to maintain because you're planting them in their native soil. You're planting them in their native conditions. So they're gonna acclimate much quicker than any exotic or foreign plant ever will. Um, and you'll have to maintain them less because they're acclimated to the area that you're in already. So then you're saving money on the water bill too. And like you said earlier, just kind of watch it do its, do its magic, uh, yeah. which is so beautiful. Now, another instance, which I'm sure we've all come across is you go to a big corporation's website or company's website, and they have these tree planting programs, you know, with every purchase, we're going to plant a tree, but there is such an importance there in a fine line between that being greenwashing and also you know, a true sustainable initiative, which would be to plant native trees to wherever this project is happening. So can you speak to the importance of that, but also your advice for holding these companies accountable and making sure like, hey, are you planting native trees to that land? I mean, yeah, we can plant like trees that will grow rapidly. But I think the important thing about like reforesting an area that's been like demolished or developed over is planting again, an ecosystem that's gonna thrive long-term, you know? Like it's harder to establish plants that aren't used to this area, who aren't acclimated to this area, who aren't acclimated to the soil, because there's an entire network of life underneath the soil that plays a massive role to the plants that have been there already, who know this land, who know this soil, like their DNA, their functions, the way that they um, coexist with everything around them is because of the life within the soil as well. Um, so really play into that network and plant native trees because, again, long-term, there's a, a higher probability that those plants will survive, um, build that ecosystem, and reestablish not just the trees and the forest, but the wildlife that was there before it as well. Um, when we plant um, exotic or foreign trees um, <clears throat> over time, and we also have to be very conscious if they're, like, invasive or, like, they're going to like actually choke out more of the native wildlife because um for example here in tennessee we have a ton a ton of bradford pears which back in the day was like a beautiful like ornamental tree but they're highly invasive like they have all these little berries that birds really do enjoy eating but you know they move them around and they sprout so quickly they grow so fast and they literally look invasive when they're young <laughs> When they're young, their branches come out in the shape of thorns, like really large, vicious, thick thorns that can actually puncture tractor tires. Like oh they my are gosh. intense trees. Um, and they're really hard to get rid of because of it. Um, versus like, rather than planting all those Bradford pears, we could have planted dogwoods instead because the allure for Bradford pears was they're beautiful white flowers, you know? Dogwoods are native, they have beautiful white flowers, and they help the local ecosystem as well. So yeah, make sure we're planting native trees, we want that longevity, and we want to make sure we're, we're securing the future of the ecosystem as well. It's so interesting because it really is stuff that you, it's so easy to not think about when you say, you know, what are the animals eating? Well, if the animals live here, they're probably used to eating a certain thing. And then suddenly we're bringing in these new plants and they're like, excuse me, uh, that's not what I wanted to eat today. You know, so it's, it really is like you mentioned working in harmony, which is just so special and important and powerful. Um, you mentioned a few pieces of advice earlier, but just you're in Tennessee. I'm in Toronto. The plants that we're, we have native to the land are going to be quite different. What, what are some tips to, you know, when we sit down and we Google and find these plants that we should be looking after, what, you know, what should we look out for? 
something I really enjoy doing rather than even just like sitting down um, and Googling something, go on a hike, go on a drive down the road and just like look at what's already growing there. And I mean, given sometimes things may have been introduced that aren't native, but there are still going to be a ton of native plants. Um, look for like those native fields, those native prairies, the forests, like look around you and see what's already there, what's thriving and figure out how you can bring that into your own space. Um, and something fascinating, just like bringing it back to gardening, especially when planting native plants, especially like native fruiting plants. Um, a lot of the times when we have issues in the garden and like there's critters trying to like eat your produce, it's again, we've, we've come in and we've taken over their home. We've taken over their food supply. They're looking for food at the end of the day. They're looking for shelter. So if you give them that food supply, give them that shelter, they're not going to have a need to go after your food and your produce mm -hmm. because you've already, already provided what they want. Um, for example, I have elderberry bushes growing in the garden, which produce a ton of berries that the native birds love. Um, and I rarely have birds coming to any of my crop because they're going after those elderberries. Same with bugs. Like if you provide them with the flowers and um, the plants that they love, they're not gonna feel much a need to like go after your crop. Like we have a beautiful plant here called Joe Pieweed. Um, and it's just this massive like flowering bush. And I've also noticed that with native plants, they attract far more pollinators than any of the other like foreign or exotic plants. Like they're literally buzzing, like so, so, so many pollinators, native butterflies, native bees, they're all over wow. the native plant. So giving them what they want, it's going to help you. I promise you. <laughs> the way you talk about gardening is so contagious, truly. Like it just gets you excited oh, to get it. out there. Yeah. Now, um, this is a question I, I have talked about previously on Earth Care, but I'm so eager to hear your perspective on this, you know, because you moved from the city to Tennessee, you live in the farm life, the garden life. As a city girl myself, I'm wondering if you can speak to even the well-being benefits of just getting out there and spending time in the garden. Oh my gosh, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> like I said, living in the city, especially New York City, like the most expensive city in America, um, it just turned into a very unsustainable way of life mentally, physically, emotionally, the constant need to like be going, 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 going. Um, and not being able to keep up with like the needs that I needed to take care of myself because I just had to keep going. So there's a real beauty in living in the countryside and gardening because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all still work. It's a lot of work, but it's so much more fulfilling because like you literally see the fruits of your labor. You are growing your own food. You are sustaining your body. You're sustaining your spirit, really, because you're eating something that's made with so much love and intention and care versus like, who knows what we're even getting from the grocery store. On top of that, you know, the physical labor that goes into it, you're like really taking care of yourself. Um, and the overall mental balance that comes with like checking in with that garden, making sure you're checking in with yourself. Um, it's just an overall much more balanced way of life when you work with mother nature. <laughs> and now when I like travel back to any city really i can only be in there for like a certain amount of time before i feel like okay <laughs> get home. I need to get back my garden I need to get back into my garden yeah and also just have a different like perspective of cities too like now every single time i travel to one i'm like i'm looking for the nature i'm like looking for where are the trees what kind of trees are they planting like what are they doing to like 
work in harmony in cityscapes as well, because it's very possible. Um, the focus just isn't always there. It's funny that you say, you know, it is work. Literally before we hit record, you were like, I was out there chasing chickens. So like it is, it, it's, it's, it requires a lot of TLC, but look at the payoff. I mean, what you have um, shared on social media to help communicate all the benefits of gardening and getting out there and just appreciating earth and what it has to offer is so special. So thank you so much for that and for being on Earth Care. Oh my gosh, of course. I love sharing it. Like. It's crazy the timing of it all. Like I moved here right before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and there was this like resurgence of people wanting to get back into the garden. So I felt like the timing was just so, it felt like fate in a strange way. Um, so I'm grateful to be in a space where I can inspire so many people and, and make it inviting and not like scary, make it approachable, you know? Um, because at the end of the day, it's a never ending journey and I'm grateful we're all on this journey together. Thank you so much for checking out that episode of Earth Care and letting this podcast be a part of your day. Since you made it this far, here's a little sneak peek into the conversation we're having next week. March is Nutrition Month, so Dr. Kate Perzo from the University of Guelph joins us to talk how does food waste hurt the planet and our wallets. We did a study, uh, our research group here in the city of Guelph, and we did really careful analysis of what we found in people's garbage and in their green bins, and we found that the average household here was wasting about $18 a week in food that they still could have eaten. So that adds up. And as you mentioned, Sarah, inflation means that that number is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Food is getting more and more expensive. And the other way that we think about that is um, based on that careful analysis that we did, it was over 3,000 calories a week that people were throwing away too. Until then, we can also connect online at Earth Care Show on Instagram and TikTok. Head there to give those accounts a follow. And Hey, if you have time, leave a review, message me with a review. I'd love to know what's on your mind, what's been clicking with you, and what topic you'd like to learn more about. You can also write to me on the website, earthcareshow.com. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and the goal of this podcast is to get us talking about climate change. So let's chat.